Hey everybody, George Robson here, Worship Arts Pastor at Ocean Grove Online Church. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. I want to encourage you to stay with us for this week's scripture reading and message. It's fun being new and having a fresh set of eyes in a place. And there are parts of being new that aren't fun, like I'm good with names. I mean, I'm bad with names. I'm not a very good speaker, as you can tell. <clears throat> very confused with my thinking. Um, I'm terrible with names. But I'm pretty good with faces. Um, my first church, they wanted me to pick the music for the hymns. And it it was great. It was a new experience for me. It was a new experience that wasn't great for the congregation. I am still not quite sure what keys are as opposed to notes, but I'm pretty sure my keys start my car. And that's about the extent of my musical ability. You are so fortunate to have a choir director and organist and choir. <laughs> Praise God, because she picks amazing music and they sound great. And it brings us to a place where we can focus on God working in our lives. So I'm so happy to be here. And if I forget your name, forgive me. Just keep telling me. It'll take me a few years to get. I'm still working on one of my child's names. but And she's 12 now. So um, we, had a, we had a planning meeting this week. It was fantastic. It, it was on one of the, it was on Monday night, and you remember last weekend, it was miserable. Wet, raining and raining and raining. And, and uh, we had a visioning meeting that was so powerful and profound. And I'm so excited to be part of the vision here. And I'm also well aware that COVID has really created some gaps in our relationships that we want to We've, I think we're still feeling it. Like we want to know one another. We want to get to know one another. So I hope you have an opportunity to participate in the fellowship that we have that starts at 10 so that you can get to meet and connect, reconnect with some of our brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of the church that worship at 9 o'clock. If you're really daring come at nine o'clock and meet them and worship with them once in a while. And I will encourage them to do the same because we are one church and God has called us to be salt and light in our community. So um, a couple weeks ago, someone had some uh, lovely person had the courage to tell the pastor he was doing something wrong. And I love that. So that's not a bad thing. You should applaud for that. 
I was told that when I get done with the scripture, I say, this is a word of the Lord, a word of God, and, the, and I wait for you all to say back to me, thanks be to God, right? But that's not the tradition here, I found out. I found out that it's the word of God for the people of God, and then you all know how to respond to that, right? How do, what do you say? Thanks. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. So, so I'm going to try and do that this morning. I might mess up. If I mess up, just you stay. You, don't you mess up. Just keep me honest. Um, so, I, so am I getting it right, though? It's the word of God for the people of God. Is that what it is? And then you say things. Okay. All right. Let's try it. Give me a shot. We're reading from Genesis 32, so it's going to be on the wall behind me, but if you, I, I'm a paper person, so if there's Bibles in your pews, um, you can turn to Genesis uh, 32, it's on page 36 in the Bible, and if you're an electronic person, I'm electronic-y too, um, you can use your phone, your Bible app, and what's fun about the Bible app and the phone is like you can, you can fact check me while we're going through this thing and uh, let me know after if I messed up or was wrong. So here's where we are. After he, uh, after he, okay, so, so Jacob was left alone. That's a, that's a great lead in. Have you been alone there are times in our lives where we, we, we end up like choosing to be alone. We find places of solitude where we can go and we can think. There's scripture stories that, that talk about that Jesus went up on the mountain to pray by himself. Um, Elijah, went, uh, Elijah went to the, into the cave to be alone. <clears throat> Those times can be profound for us, but then there are also times where we find ourselves alone. Have you ever been lonely when you were alone? Jacob had sent everybody across and was there alone. He had this huge group of people that were with him. He had all his flocks, everything. And he sent them all ahead over across the stream, the ford, and he was alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for its daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what's your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. This is the word of our Lord. 
Thanks be to God. It's such a great passage. I love it. Um, we're in a sermon series. Uh, called sacred trusts, or sacred trust. And the, the concept is that we've been given a sacred trust um, as Christians. And part of that sacred trust is we worship the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And so I thought it would be good for us to go all the way back to the original people and see what this trust is, what this tradition of faith is that we've been so blessed with, that, that, that Dave, King David was part of, that, that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came out of, and what it means for us. So we looked at Abraham, and we did two weeks with Abraham because he was Abram and became Abraham. There was a name change that signified a change in who he was. And he was called to leave his father's property. And we talked about what it meant for us to go. What does it mean for us as, as followers of God when God tells us, hey, you, you're in one place and you need to go to another place and, and what that looks like. We talked about uh, how we kind of, we're creatures of habit and we seek comfort. At so many levels in my life, I've sought comfort and, and lack of change. I want to insulate myself. But sometimes God calls us out of that. He calls us into a place of newness, a place of change, a place of discomfort. And we talked about how that process goes. And, and Abram, who became Abraham, was called to that. This the second part of the Abraham story. We looked at um, how God really challenged Abraham with his son Isaac, who the, the prophecy was that Abraham's children would be blessings to all the nations and that so many people would be blessed more than the stars in the sky and more than the sands in the shore. And the, the challenge for Abraham at that point is a challenge for all of us. And we talked about what it was like or what it might be like to put God in the first position in our life, right? To take, to take the one thing that we love above God and move it out of that place and put God in that place. How much faith does it take? How much trust does it take to not only go from a place of comfort to a place of discomfort, because God is calling you. That's one level of faith. But Abraham and, and we are challenged to make, make sure that God is, in, is number one. Last week we talked about prayer and we talked about Isaac and he was going to get us a wife and, and Abraham sent the servant and the servant went and, and prayed and God answered the prayers. This week, I wanted to talk about 
wrestling. I want to give you a wrestling lesson. If you turn in your bulletin to page five, four, you turn in your bulletin to page four, you'll see um, something that's in there every week. It's, uh, it's either follow-up questions or discussion questions or conversation starters. There's always something in there. And it's intended for a couple of reasons. It's intended for you so you, you can take the message today and grow in it. You can, you can the, there's going deeper and there's action steps for you. Let's try and make our faith actionable, right? There's also conversation starters and things you can use to start dialoguing with, with people in your community, with people at work, with people in the store, you know, like, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Who is it? Did you follow the WWF before they became the WWE? Before it slipped that it was acting? You always wondered? Was it Jimmy Superfly Schnooka or Andre the Giant? The, the Samoan brothers? Maybe it was The Rock. Ric Flair, the nature boy. If you start that conversation with someone in your community or in your workplace, just, hey, did you, did you ever watch wrestling? Like, who did you, who do you like? Did you, was it NWA, WWF, WWE? And they tell you, that gives you an open door to say, you know, my pastor, he was, t- he was talking about wrestling in church. And there was this guy, Jacob, who wrestled with God. Have you ever wrestled with God about anything? Has there ever been a big decision in your life? And all of a sudden, now you're talking about God and Jesus in ShopRite or Wegmans, I guess, over on this end of town. So that's, what, that's there for you every week. I hope you use it. If you're really bold, you could start a watch party at your house and you could like invite people over, maybe lure them in with homemade ice cream or something or, and watch the sermon with them and have discussion about spiritual life. And what's amazing is if you're, if you're bold enough to do that, you'll see your whole Communities start to change around you as God moves in the midst of your conversation about the Almighty and your conversation about how Jesus so profoundly loves you that he died for you. He gave it all for you and would never let you go. So that's there for you. I hope you use that. Um. I also was told that I shouldn't preach for 45 minutes today, so uh, we'll try and keep it to a timely manner. But what do you wrestle with in life? What is it, what is it that you wrestle with? There's three things that you have in the passage that intersect here. You have Jacob wrestling with God 
wrestling with a relationship, another person. And the passage says that. Your name is now Israel because you've wrestled with God and man. And then there's a third component. What do you think that would be? Who, who is it that you wrestle with? Yourself. And you have that in this passage. Jacob was wrestling with his brother in the womb. Do you know the story of Jacob? So Jacob, Jacob was uh, wrestling in the womb with Esau. Esau came out first, so that means he gets his father's blessing. He gets, he gets all of this privilege. And Jacob was hanging on to a foot trying to get out before him. He lost. But in the course of his lifetime, he kind of, he kind of, um, I don't know, deceived Esau. He didn't really deceive him. He made him a really good, solid meal. That would be a great thing to invite people over to do the follow-up questions with. And he asked for his birthright and Esau was so hungry, he gave it to him. And then, and then he tricked him again. And all of a sudden, Esau was so angry that he lost his blessing, that he wanted to kill Jacob. That's a pretty intense situation. In the course of your lifetime, I shouldn't say that. Let me own it. When I talk about being angry or having relational issues with someone, and I pause and I think about who I'm wrestling with, there are some names that come and faces that come to mind. How about you? Jacob ran away from his, his, from his home because he was so afraid. The relationship was so damaged. He left. Scholars think that this passage, when he was wrestling that night, he was about 100 years old. Do we have anybody over 90? 80? 70? All right, we're getting there. Have you ever held on to baggage about someone or something for days? Weeks, months, years. Jacob was fight, fighting with his brother in the womb. And here it is 100 years later and he has a sleepless night because the brother who was going to kill him is still living in his hometown and Jacob's going back. The passage is rich with, if, if you read before and after, the passage is rich with imagery and, and, and the way that Jacob is wrestling with himself and, and worried about his brother and worried about what God is going to do in it. He splits his, 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 
his, all his possessions into two camps. He's on one side of the river and he's got to go to the other side. It's a ford and, and it's, all the, it's all rich imagery about what he's suffering inside. The tension he's feeling because of a relationship that's a hundred years old. When my kids were, my oldest three, when they were little, uh, we watched VeggieTales. Do you know what VeggieTales is? So VeggieTales, we had like every VeggieTales DVD because all they were allowed to watch was, as pastor's kids were VeggieTales DVDs and, um, and Channel 13. So, uh, so I'll be paying for therapy for a long time for them. And... But one of the one of the VeggieTales DVDs was called The Rumor Weed. I don't know if you know the VeggieTales well enough to know about the Rumor Weed. And it's a it's a it's a video, it's it's a movie or a, a short movie with vegetable VeggieTales are vegetables that talk, right? And um, it's this whole thing. So anyway, the, the long and the short of it is is this one movie, there was a rumor that was spread. And a weed popped up, a little one. Now, I know, I know. I know where I'm at. Don't get me wrong. I'm in Ocean Grove. And we don't have any rumor weeds, no gossip. It's all good. I get it. It's consecrated ground. But in, just try and imagine with me, if you will. It's a little weed. And as... As the time, as time goes on and the rumor gets spread, the weed starts to grow and all of a sudden it's taking over the whole town. Now I know, again, it's hard to imagine because nothing like that could happen here. But have you ever been in a relationship or in a situation at work or in a situation in school or in a situation with a child or a spouse? or a parent. And the conflict starts little. And as time goes on, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it might not be literally bigger, but maybe you're losing sleep over it. And all it, all it would take was, is, is a phone call. Hey, how you doing? Or, or maybe a, a visit. Bless you. I, I, what do you wrestle with? Are you wrestling with God? Are you wrestling with with a relationship, or are you wrestling with yourself? Maybe it's all of the above. Or my wife is a pastor too. She's preaching a sermon series. Like it's it's October, so Halloween's coming. She's preaching a sermon series called Ghosts. And we were talking about her sermon this week. It's great. That like that's what we do for fun. We just talk about church and 
sermons and scripture in our house. And she was telling me the scripture that she's preaching on this morning, and you can go and watch it if you want. Let, let me know or let her know how she did with it. Um, the scripture she was using was about the rich young man in the Bible. And he, I don't know if you know the story. He comes to Jesus. It's in all three of the synoptic gospels. Do you know what the synoptic gospels are? So, so Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are, the, are they're called the synoptic gospels because they are very similar. And John, I don't know if you've read, like John kind of takes a different slant on it. He takes a more spiritual slant. You get different stories in John. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of like they line up sometimes. This is a story in all three, and it lines up almost identically. So this rich young man who, uh, you know, if you're rich as a young person, you either are extremely successful, right? Right? super smart, really good business person, you, got, you have it going on, or it's old money. Do you know what I mean by old money? So, so sometimes with old money, there's parental expectations on the kids to be more something. Like So anyway, one of those two scenarios, and you can pick it apart and you can do all the psycho, psycho, psychoanalysis of it that you want, but but he comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what do I need to do? He asks the right questions. What do I need to do to obtain eternal life? Good question, right? You got the son of God there. He knows the answer to that. So Jesus goes real specific with him. He's like, okay, if you want to attain eternal life, go and sell all your possessions and give them, give the proceeds to the poor and then come and follow me. And do you know how the story ends? He went away sad. That's it. So you tell me, tell me, please. Did he sell all his possessions and go and follow Jesus or was he just, he just left sad? I don't know, right? The, the scripture, it's unresolved. Here's a story where it's like the end of the movie is cut out. All of a sudden you want to know, like, well, what happened? This guy, he had the guts to come to Jesus and ask him the right question. And Jesus gave him crystal clear instructions on what to do. And, and then he just, the story stops. We don't hear about that guy anymore. I so want to know what happened. So my wife has to figure that out because she has to preach on it this morning. I don't have to preach on it. I just have to tell you that I know something about you because it's true for all of us. Right now, you, this church, the world, The story's unresolved.
when you think about what you're wrestling with and that the story is unresolved, how does that affect your wrestling? Could you pick up the phone and call someone that you are in a wrestling match with, a broken relationship with, and just tell them you love them today instead of waiting until there's a crisis or an emergency or there's regret? If you're wrestling with yourself over something that God's asking you to do, something your boss is asking you to do, something something that might have you locked up in an addiction, a cycle of addiction. Could you, could you make a phone call or get in a support group or confess to someone what's going on? One of the greatest things about the early Methodist movement were were out of the Methodist tradition. And one of the greatest things, I think, in the movement and what made it go so well was because they had confession, like hardcore confession, not like, oh, you know, I'm not perfect. No, it was like, what specifically did you do wrong this week? And it wasn't to judge. It was out of recognition that we're all broken and we're all sinners and that with, with a, a small group of trusted companions through life, with Christ as the fuel for life, the Holy Spirit empowering, and with the love that that takes, with all of that going on, we can come to one another and share what we're, where we're broken and, and what we're wrestling with within ourselves and within the relationships around us and not find judgment or shame, but find love and support and prayer. That's what we're built on. That's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sent Jesus into the world. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you the end where, where I want you to, if, if, you, if, you, if, if you tuned out a long time ago, tune back in. This is the one thing that I want you to take with you. Regardless of what you're wrestling with and regardless of how unresolved life might be for you. If you read down in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you read the story about the rich young ruler, there's something that comes at the very end when the disciples are asking Jesus, what's going on? Explain to us. He says, what's impossible for men is possible for God. All things are possible for God. The second thing I want you to take away when we think about the sacred trust that we've been given here, when we think about the relationships and the wrestling we do and the things that are going on in our lives, when we think about all of that stuff and how unresolved it is, I want you to know that, do you know the end of the story with Esau? Jacob Jacob went across the river with his families, his family and all his possessions, 
and, and bowed down before Esau and his 400 men. Bowed down once, bowed down twice. Five more times he bowed down, seven times. He was so scared that Esau was just going to wipe him out. The scriptures tell us that as worried as Jacob was, all up all night wrestling with this, planning, trying to figure out, praying, so worried. As unresolved as it was, when he went in the morning and bowed down and, and begged his brother's forgiveness, scriptures tell us that Esau ran up to Jacob, hugged him and kissed him. You know what that means? That we have a sacred trust that's been given to us that tells us no matter where you are, no matter what you're wrestling with, no matter how small it is or how big it gets, God had it all worked out. God knew that Esau, his heart was changed. And Jacob was worrying about things of man. And God had already done it. So wherever you are today, I don't want to make light of stress or wrestling because it's tough. Anxiety, anger, pride, all, all of it's so, life, life is so good because of Jesus. And at the same time, there's tension because life gets hard at times, doesn't it? So I don't want to make light of that. But I want you to know and have the faith that wherever you're at, God's already got it worked out. Amen. He's got you and he's got it figured out better than you could ever imagine. This morning, I want to I recognize and offer an opportunity. I want to recognize that I know that there are people here who are hurting, who need healing, who want a relationship to be better, who are challenged with an addiction, they're wrestling with themselves. They're wrestling with God. They're wrestling with others. And I want you to know you don't have to be ashamed. Because at some point in time, all of us either are there right now or have been there. But this morning, I want to offer you an opportunity to come forward and receive an anointing um, with oil. And there are prayer, uh, there are kneeler, kneeling pads here if you want to have time and kneel with God. And there will be a couple people up here also to pray with you if you want to have personal prayer. And if you're in a situation where you don't 
want to come forward but still want an anointing, just put your hand up and I'll come to you. Okay? And you don't have to. You don't have to wrestle with God in this moment. You just need to embrace the love that he has for you. Because he has it all worked out. So Nancy's going to play something for us. And uh, I invite you to come forward as you feel called or raise your hand and receive an anointing. Kneel if you want. Pray with someone if you want. Return to your seats and have a conversation with God. We really appreciate you staying with us this time around. Remember, you can always search out other podcasts from OGC by looking up Ocean Grove Church or type in oceangrovechurch.com slash podcast question mark format equals RSS in your player of choice. And if you'd like other ways to stay up to date on all things Ocean Grove Church, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Ocean Grove Church, on Twitter as OG Church, and don't forget our website, OceanGroveChurch.com. And you can contact us via email at OceanGroveChurch at gmail.com. Until next time, we bid you peace.